Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash. Earthquakes, too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets. The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ to guide us as we examine how our preparations can be used to preserve the lives of ourselves, our family, and others. In my early years, I would go camping in remote locations. This taught me that I always wanted to have some extra provisions with me so that just in case some kind of a surprise happened, I could still get out of there and not go hungry. I've faced roads that have slid out, trees across roads, and mud, snow, and sand barriers. A few times, I have awoken to find a foot of snow on my sleeping bag. (laughs) It was thrilling. You want to have what you need right on hand to get you through that rough spot. And you want to have an attitude that shouts, where there is a will, there is a way. Whether it is you or someone else in a difficult position, it is of extreme importance to give comfort and to show hope. This reflects the hope and comfort which God gives us. He shows us examples of this in his Bible. God has also given us a rational mind to show us the importance of preparing in this life and preparing for the next life. Everyone has a different approach to what our preparedness needs are and to what our desires are. I urge you to look at what yours are. That is to say, what are the difficulties that you want to prepare for? And then after you have them figured out, take the steps, maybe in weekly increments, to complete those preparations. You could work on everything all at once, but really it's just too expensive to do that, to prepare all at one time. And besides, your ideas usually improve over time as you look at what you really need. There are emergency preparedness kits that are very good, but they're a little bit expensive, and probably they won't cover everything well enough that you want to see that is important to you. So make this examination now before an emergency arises. You keep the basics in mind, air, water, food, and warmth. And with this, consider that you won't have electricity. So you'll want to have flashlights and a radio and plenty of batteries. Batteries are good. And if your loved ones know that you are prepared, it will greatly reduce their anxiety about you. Likewise, if your loved ones are prepared, it will greatly reduce your anxiety about them. And that will make it so you're able to get through any difficulty much easier without the anxiety. So all in all, it's good to be prepared. And I hope you begin to take steps today to see what kind of things you would want to have on hand. Start your preparations now before there is an urgent need and what you want is hard to find. Stores, they really do run out of things with surprising frequency. So get the things well in advance. As for today... Give thanks to God for the blessings that we do have each and every day. Your letters with questions or donations are important. John Stephenson, P.O. Box 7222, Chico, California, 95927. 
Email prepareforgod at usa.com or call 628-7222. Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. My Savior God to Thee. How great Thou art. How great Thou art. Send up your voices. Welcome to Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is the program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation, where truth trumps political correctness, where the uncompromised word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. For God has called us to stand for truth, and having done all to stand, we will stand. It's time to fight the good fight of faith to preserve our country, our families, fortunes, and sacred honor, to protect our property, our schools, and yes, maybe even salvage some of our churches. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Now, here is your host of Red Sky Radio, Rob Walter. Well, hello, American, and welcome world to Red Sky Radio, where we ride hard for the brand. The brand of Jesus Christ, God bless you. As always, we've got a packed program. I do everything I can to fit this into the, what, 56 minutes that we have. Uh, and I will do my best today. We like to start with good news. I'll try to end with good news in between. Hang on, it can be a wild ride. If you want to reach me, it's easy. Info at redskyradio.net. Info at redskyradio.net. With your comments... Your constructive criticism, uh, contributions if you'd like to make them. You'll hear more about that later. Keep this radio program on the air. We are excited about, uh, this is good news part one. We are excited about the expansion of Red Sky Radio. We have been on the air for, gosh, it's hard to believe it, but um, 13 years now. Uh, God has been faithful. It's been a very, very slow growth. There's been ups. There have been downs. Times where we've lost people. Then we rise a little higher than what we lost. And overall, but in the last uh, two or three months, it has, honestly, it has exploded. And uh, that's, I give all the glory to God. It must be that uh, there must be things that He would have me say to you. Otherwise, there'd be no reason for this program to even exist, much less grow. But anyway, today is going to be another one of those programs where I'm going to call it Part 3, though I won't get to Part 3 too much, of the consequence of a nation that sins and what happens to it being divided, being torn. I'm not going to, I'm not going to repeat anything from the previous two weeks. But if I can get to it, I'm going to go to what I think would most appropriately be called Part 3, then that would be... How do you know when it is time to disobey civil authority? How do you know? People say, well, you don't disobey civil authority. Yes, you do. There is a time, there is a place, and in fact, it's not even an option. It's a command. So you're going to blow some of you away, which uh, place too much emphasis on Romans 13, 1 through 7, and Titus 3, 1 and 2, which we get to, I'll, I'll read those passages to you. But we don't obey in all things. We'll get to that. Uh, first of all, though, some other good news. And this, <laughs> this is good news of the humorous type. I mean, it's humoring to me. Maybe it isn't to you. It's not something that's funny. It just makes me very pleased in that sense, kind of almost to the laughing stage. And that is... CNN, the Communist News Network, the Clinton News Network, the Crummy News Network, the Crappy News Network, whatever you want to call it, it stinks, it's horrible, and people who listen to it religiously, and they do, are people who really uh, have some serious deficits in their life. However, there are times when they say something that goes from absurd, lying, deceitful, disingenuous, 
to simply being comical, poetic justice. And it happened this week. Christmas was on Tuesday, right? So CNN breaks forth the big news story because they aren't they they aren't um, they aren't a news network. They're just the all anti-Trump network. It doesn't matter what's going on. They're simply anti-Trump. I have said this before. If you really wanted to get rid of abortion in the United States, maybe all you really have to do is talk Donald, President Trump, into coming out in support of abortion and free abortions. The media, the left-wing media, hates him so much, they might come out pro-life. Now, of course, I'm being a bit facetious here, and maybe more than a bit. But that's just an idea. You play their hand. I mean, it's so it's with CNN. It's child psychology because it's a network among many networks that are in dire need of adult supervision. But this week, they could they were salivating. They were licking their chops. They were gleefully rubbing their hands together over yet another great opportunity, so they thought, to slam Trump by contending that he's the first president in 16 years, since 2002, to not visit the troops, any troops, on Christmas Day. So this, we got him. This is a guy who builds himself as being real patriotic. The one who's really America first. And this louse, in their words, doesn't even bother to visit troops. Now, see, CNN loved Barack Obama. Uh, MSNBC loved Barack Obama, who was a Chris Matthews, right? The one who said every time Barack uh, spoke, a, a little tingle ran up his leg. Of course, this is Chris Matthews who doesn't know the difference between tingle running up his leg and tinkle running down his leg. But that's another story. They were all excited about him. So uh, the fact is, Obama, did he visit troops? Yes, he did. The, and here's what happened. Trump told no one. No one except the security deal detail that was necessary to deal with his overseas trip this last week to visit the troops in the Middle East. No one knew about it. And CNN is out there blathering this thing, we got him now, Mr. Patriotic. We'll show him how unpatriotic it is. And while they are airing the story, it then becomes known that uh, Trump, unbeknown to the press, is overseas visiting the troops. I mean, they got caught with their pants down and bent over. I will tell you, they were embarrassed, though they would never admit it. But here is a difference between Trump and Obama. In, are both of them narcissists? Absolutely. Barack Obama is a pathological narcissist. Trump displays narcissistic tendencies all the time. But narcissists play it out differently. Trump will brag about what he's done, but here's one difference between Trump and Obama. When Trump actually brags about something, it typically is something he actually has done. Whereas Obama brags about things that he actually did not do. But the other difference when it comes to this, every time Barack Obama went to visit troops, there was a big, a big deal about it. He made a big whoop-de-doo about it because, um, um, be, because it was all about Barack. It wasn't about the troops. But Donald Trump, it wasn't about Donald Trump. It was about the troops. He didn't make any big parade. He didn't stage any big thing about going over there until it happened. And then CNN goes apoplectic. The best that they can say is that they were really ticked off because soldiers were asking Trump to sign his Make America Great Again hats. Hey, if I was there, I would have brought three hats. I had him sign all of them if he could, if he could fit it in. But the CNN also didn't tell you this when Barack Obama was campaigning and he went overseas to see troops. He was signing autographs, but they forgot about that, conveniently so. No, actually, they didn't forget about it. You see, Trump totally blindsided CNN here, and he did it not with an intention to blindside him. He just didn't want to make a big deal about this. 
because it wasn't about Trump. When Obama went overseas, it was all about Obama. Pomp and circumstance and ceremony. And it was a big deal that he was going over there. Not Donald. So in the narcissist department, are they both narcissists? Yes. The difference here is that Trump at least knows sometimes when not to be that. And other times when those narcissistic tendencies are displayed, it's actually based on the fact that he's bragging about something he really did do. Okay, the end of the good news. We're back to the rest of life. Hang on. I have been on a run here lately. I don't know what there is about it, but I've been on a run dealing with abortion. And I want you to be sure and catch uh, the program, which will be what? I guess it would be, I'm not sure if it would be three or four weeks from this Saturday, which will be 100% about the issue of abortion because it will, uh, it will, uh, it's the anniversary of Roe versus Wade when the Supreme Court said that there's this constitutional right to execute innocent, unborn human life. But the reason I'm bringing it up today is because I cannot let this piece go untouched. There is this person, Leanna Wen, Leanna Wen, W-E-N. In fact, she's Dr. Leanna Wen, and Dr. Leanna Wen uh, runs or oversees a butcher shop. And the butcher shop is probably just better known as Planned Parenthood, or as I call it, Planned Non-Parenthood. She, this week, well, i got to back up here. I, the, the previous week's stories have unmasked the, uh, well, was it really unmasking? They have begun to unmask themselves. I was sharing with you how they have unmasked themselves, no longer calling it the, the child a, a fetus, not necessarily referring it to it as always re- reproductive choice or a product of conception, you have these people that are openly acknowledging that their children enhance the correlation to the god Molech of the Old Testament where they sacrificed their children uh, to the gods and then God ended up judging Israel by ripping it in two, which was the basis for much of my comment over the last two weeks. However, Planned Parenthood, Planned Non-Parenthood has, has joined in this hideous charade by pushing further the alleged right of abortion by arguing, this is Leanna Wen, the butcher shop owner, proprietor, let's call her, that abortion is a basic human right. Those are her words. A basic human right. Now let me just throw out a question to you. If you, if you had a test on a, an exam in fifth grade, I don't know what fifth grade is in Russia or Ireland. In fact, if there are Irish people listening to this, listen up because you just, you crossed over um, you crossed over a line that you will not easily get back over when you pass abortion. You will pay for it, and you will pay for it, and you will pay for it again. There is no good result, and sadly. Ireland, a country I love dearly. I love Celtic music. I love bluegrass. I've got a lot of Irish friends. Sadly succumbed to the pressure of the Hollywood so-called elites out of America, Barack Hussein Obama himself, who goes around the world pushing for the death of innocent unborn children. You succumbed, and sadly you'll pay for it. Well, not sadly. It just is the consequence. We're paying for it, and you'll catch up with us. I don't know what you do, but you better do something fast before it's so deeply ingrained in the culture. But let me ask you a question. If you're in fifth grade and you're 10 years old, and like I said, whether you are in Illinois or whether you're in Moscow, whether you are in Michigan or you are in Nepal or India, I don't care where you are, 10 years old, answer this question. Which would appear to be more of a basic human right, using her terms, the right for human life that is innocent to live, or the right, so-called, to kill and execute innocent human life? 
How can it be a basic human right to kill other humans? What could be more basic than life? This is how grossly absurd and wicked butchers like Leanna Wen and the rest of Planned Parenthood and all the pro-aborts throughout the whole world that are pushing for the right to, as a lawyer, I will say it this way, to destroy, actually, the evidence of your crime. I mean, that's all it is, is a birth control method. Now, there are people who marry are married and get abortions. I understand that. The great, great number of abortions are people who, frankly, got pregnant out of wedlock, are going to have a child out of wedlock. How do we deal with the shame, the guilt, all of that stuff? Well, there is a way. It's the Bible. It's called the blood of Jesus. But if you don't accept that, the only alternative is to destroy the evidence of the crime. Not confess the crime, but you destroy the evidence. You abort it. So what could be more basic? What could be more basic and human? What could be a more basic and human right than life itself? But to call a basic human right the right to kill innocent people. So a basic human right is a person who has sinned in most cases and who is decidedly guilty, not the woman alone, you know, takes a guy here too, who oftentimes is the protagonist, the one who's pushing for the execution because he wants the evidence of his participation in the crime. He wants his aiding and abetting also wiped out. He's pushing for it. What could be more unbasic, more unhuman, more unright, unrighteous than to kill innocent, unborn human life? But to say it's a human right, and it's not just a human right, it's a basic human right to be able to execute innocent, unborn children, shows you the depth and the depravity, the darkness of the scales and the thickness of the scales that cover the eyes of those who push for the execution of innocent unborn children. You know, a planned non-parent goes around, they, they, they frequently say, well, we provide a whole bunch of services. Yeah, we, we do a whole, a whole lot for people. Uh, we provide health care to pregnant women. Are you serious? In a survey from just last year, a broad-based survey found only that five only found five planned non-parenthood clinics have provided health care to pregnant women. And to according to another survey here, and I'm going to be done with the subject because I got a lot else to cover. Ninety-two percent of the clinics responded to the survey by stating that they do not have an obstetrician gynecologist on staff, and they only, only only use their ultrasound equipment on women wanting to execute their innocent, unborn children. That's it. They, the further the investigation only found one clinic out of all of them that they surveyed and asked that even stocked prenatal vitamins. People, this is a death chamber not much different than Hitler's gas chambers, and death squads. You go there to kill. You go there to destroy innocent life, no different than shipping off a bunch of Jews in a boxcar to a gas chamber at Dachau or some other place. No different. No different except this one thing. We all as humans have all sinned. We've all done some things wrong. Whether we be whether they were uh, Christian pastors that were executed in World War II in Nazi Germany, of which there were a lot, or whether they were Jews, we've all done things wrong. Children in the womb have done nothing wrong yet. You couldn't take the most innocent and and serve them to a more unjust sentence than what planned non-parenthood does. Okay, I've gone longer than I intended to, but I can only say. It must simply be that important. Somebody is listening, or some people are listening today, that needed to hear what I just said. Those of you in Europe take note of this. As the EU, which interestingly rhymes with PU, yes, that's right, I said it, they stink. 
they are moving to outlaw. Outlaw. They no longer will be able to use phrases like mankind or man-made or manpower. They're so politically correct. They're so stuck on politically correct stupidity that they want to change the language to be more inclusive. Well, I'll tell you, you haven't made it more inclusive by taking man, as in men, out of the phrase. The fact of the matter is manpower had historically referred to males. But the fact of the matter is mankind from biblical times on has always just been humanity. It's the man comes from the humanity part. Meaning all humankind, if you will. Enough of those guys. I don't really want to waste any more time on the EU. I do want to make a comment, though, since we are being heard. Red Sky Radio is being heard in a lot of cities in the last two or three weeks, or two or three months, that we have never been heard before. We have a lot of listeners in Seattle, Washington, D.C., Chicago. We've had, all, we've had a lot of listeners for some time in Las Vegas and in Phoenix. But San Francisco this last week, though we've, had, we've been on the air near San Francisco, we've not had a huge number of listeners there, but we've had a fair number. But other cities, Philadelphia, Gary, Indiana. I don't know why Gary, Indiana shows up, but hey, God bless you guys. Thanks for showing up. Why is it that the big cities where all you folks are listening are so screwed up? Why is it that the big cities have bloated, unbalanced budgets? Why is it the big cities have high crime rates, worse than virtually any middle-sized city, and worse than all small cities, even just on a per-person basis? Why do you have above, way above average addiction levels? Why do you have way above average political scandals? Why do you have a disproportionate, way disproportionately greater number of people on welfare? Why do you have more of everything that's bad? Why are all of your cities run by Democrats? Folks, Democrats seem to have, an, have a lock. They have a monopoly on badly run municipalities, municipalities whose schools stink, their budgets are bloated, crime explodes, drug addiction is horrible, gun-related deaths are skyrocket, skyrocket. It doesn't happen in the small towns. It happens some, but proportionately, no, not as much. I'll tell you, name for me, anyway, another city just came to my mind, two more, Houston and Baltimore. Two more cities run by Democrats that are totally and completely and royally screwed up. Name for me a large, reasonably large, conservatively run city that is ripped apart by scandals, bloated budgets, high crime, drug addiction, welfare over the top, sanctuary city where a bunch of illegals are collecting benefits for which they had nothing to do and paying for them. They're just sitting here like pigs sucking out of our trough. Name one. Name one. You see, when you get to a Democrat-run city, you get come a leftist city, whether, whether it's the United States or a leftist city in Canada or anywhere, here's what you have. You end up with a ruling elite, you can write this down. It is you end up with a ruling elite that completely divorces public policy from morals. Hey, where are all where are all the abortion clinics in Democrat-controlled cities? You go to the small towns; they don't have abortion clinics. I mean, you've got you've got some. You got some fairly large cities. I think like uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and um, I, I mean, I just one comes to my mind. I mean, I don't know what they got—a hundred thousand people. They don't—they don't have an abortion clinic. Nobody's looking to kill anybody innocently in that town. I mean, they, do they have murders? Of course they do, but not like these big cities. Proportionately, name a conservative town that is overrun with all of these things. You won't find it. Do conservatives have the answer? No, but biblical values lead you naturally to that perspective. 
Folks, I was a Democrat before I became a Christian. I ran for the Michigan House of Representatives as a Democrat. Then Jesus got a hold of my life, and that was the last time I voted Democrat. The last time I voted Democrat was when I voted for myself before I became a Christian. I'm not saying all conservatives are Christians, all Republicans. No, 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 no. Far be, far, far be it from that. In fact, last week's program pointed that out. That ultimately, when the country is ripped in half, as Israel was or ripped in two, not in half, but ripped in two, as Israel was, by God, that which was righteous, Judah, ultimately surrendered its righteousness and followed after the wickedness of the ten tribes and suffered a fate actually worse than the ten tribes. Because why? They knew better, they should have known better, and because to whom much is given, much is required, and judgment begins at the house of God. They suffered more than the tribes that actually did wrong right out of the gate. Again, leftist jurisdictions, godless-based jurisdictions, divorce public policy from morals. No morals enter into the judicial or the uh, uh, judicious, that's the word I meant, does not enter into judicious policy making in those cities. And I'm going to back this back this up by one more point here. Gosh, I'm not going to be able to get through it before the break. I got to start it. I want to tell you, and this is what happens worldwide, folks. But the United States is a glaring example of why what the left does. We've talked a lot about abortion. And that's the, that's the kingpin of the democrat evils, followed by queer marriage and some other things that would cause God to run to the window and throw it open and ralph outside when talking about it. However, the left-wing endorsements, if you will, of child abuse in 2018, as we come to the end of 2018, are simply breathtaking. Because I am going to read something. I'm going to read a good portion of it. I want to give credit where credit is due to Linda Harvey, who uh, penned this uh, piece. Uh, she just said a lot of things that I have said before uh, in different ways, but she's pulled them all together in one piece. I want to go through them because this is going to show you that... Is there any good thing found on the left? No. When you walk away from God, you walk away from everything that's good. You have determined that you are going to pursue a life of evil even though you call it good. And that's the mark of the left. Calling that which is evil good and calling that which is good evil. But why the left in the United States and the left throughout the world are the biggest protagonists, the biggest advocates of things that constitute child abuse. Say, well, you've gone over the top. No, I haven't. I haven't even scratched the surface. You'll need to hear this. And if you want to hear it again, you can. RedSkyRadio.net. Go to DarkSkyRadio.com. Go to the podcast where you can hear Red Sky Radio everywhere these days. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter is a listener-supported program. Please know that 100% of your contribution goes to pay for airtime so that as many people as possible are able to hear that the Word of God has answers to every meaningful problem and issue in life. No one gets paid a salary at Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter, but in response to your support, we pledge to bring you the most timely and critical information you need to help make informed decisions in this age of media bias and a growing hostility to all things Christian. Your partnership makes you one of the watchmen on the wall with us, as described in the book of Ezekiel. Please send your support to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. I think I'm going to catch me too. That's really, really where I'm going to. If I ever get out of here, 
This is Rob Walder with Red Sky Radio. Hey, you know, someday, I've played that song enough. Someday, I'm just going gonna to have to get to Kathmandu, actually get there. I, I think I'd be pretty excited about it, really. I don't know why why it intrigues me, but it does. I'll just say that. Okay, back to the matter at hand here. I am running behind in, in what I want to cover in this program, but, hey, that is nothing new. But these are the top ten left-wing endorsements of child abuse in 2018 in the United States, which is actually representative of what the left is doing, has done, will do, or certainly wants to do everywhere the left exists, which is pretty much throughout the whole world. Now, if you're in a foreign country listening to this, I mean, I can only speak from my perspective, my knowledge of what's going on in the United States. I don't have the ability to speak deeply to things going on elsewhere, except that this country has been a leader. But it's been a leader in good things good, but it also has become a leader in things bad. And this is one of those bad influences which is leaking, in fact, was distinctly exported by the worst president in United States history, Barack Hussein Obama. Sorry, worst ever. He exported evil. U.S. number one export under Barack Obama, sin. He's the one who was, he was the one who went to Kenya to try to make sure a pro-life candidate in Kenya did not get elected and then sent money there. Same thing he did at varying degrees of influence in Ireland. You are not, nowhere in the world are people free from the reach of the left, the godless left. And when that godless left ends up as President of the United States, you're more within reach than ever. Donald Trump, I got to tell you, um, <laughs> you know, this is a digression, but, but stay with me here a minute. I got for a Christmas present, and I love this Christmas present, a pair of Donald Trump socks. It's got Donald Trump on it. President Donald Trump on my socks. My wife, I think, was concerned about getting that for me because she was afraid that I would wear dress shoes and shorts with these socks going up over my calf for the sole purpose of being able to show them off. And I cannot deny the almost overpowering temptation to do so at great personal expense of my reputation, and suffering untold mounds of laughter, ridicule, and humiliation. Nonetheless, I liken them enough to almost do that. Now, she bought for a dear friend of ours a pair of Ronald Reagan socks. And the, and the friend loves the Ronald Reagan socks. And we said, well, what pair of socks would you pick? Which one would you like better, Ronald Reagan or Donald Trump? Fact is, I like and love both of them. They are two people very different for two very different periods in history. When Ronald Reagan, during Ronald Reagan's time, the world did not need, the United States did not need a Donald Trump. During Donald Trump's presidency, the people of the United States would not have received a Ronald Reagan. Two presidents for two different times, both, in my opinion, anointed and appointed by God. Are they perfect? Oh, far be from it. But God does what he wants with whatever he wants and with whomever he wants, whenever he wants it. Okay, back to Linda Harvey. I want Linda, it's been so long since I've given you credit for this following piece. I needed to do it again. So whoever you are, thank you, uh, because I'm going to read heavily from this the 10 left-wing endorsements of child abuse in 2018 from the United States, which are partly true elsewhere, which the left wants to make true elsewhere at some point in your future. Number 10, colleges recommending now that four-year-olds four engage in sexual activity. University of California, Santa Barbara. Folks, this is where I lived. 
at Santa Barbara County for 15 years. UC Santa Barbara, which just is in a race with other UC schools uh, to hell, in the race to hell, they're fighting apparently for pole position. They are promoting the idea that preschoolers, preschoolers should engage in sexual play. Now, what Linda writes is she, and I concur with this, the people that are pushing that children should engage in sexual play, these so-called professors of demonology, the researchers of debauchery, I think what needs to be done is somebody needs to go in and check their laptops for child porn links and start proceeding immediately with proper indictments and then take them off the gravy train of a government job at UC Santa Barbara. Then what you need to do after that is begin to file and look at possible child abuse directly through their own behavior. What have they done? What have they done in the past? Maybe, maybe it calls for a warrant that's broader reaching than their laptops. What did Jesus say about this? It's better that a millstone, a millstone, be tied around your neck and you be cast into the sea. In other words, Jesus is saying, it's better that you go down the drink, you drown screaming as long as you can have breath, you go through the horror of drowning as opposed to leading one of these little ones astray. So I often said, if I move back to California and open up a business, I think it's going to be the millstone business. Number nine, sixth graders in Washington State are being asked as a class of any, if any of them question their gender identity. So this was cited here. One school at Sequim Middle School relates the indoctrination uh, session about kids being encouraged to go on privately. In other words, the school is telling sixth graders, don't tell your parents what you're doing. To go search, search out queer groups, LGBT, QRSTUV, WXYZ, they keep adding another letter to amend the debauchery group because they want to be inclusive. We don't want to leave out any really grossly obscene and debauched sexual behavior. We don't want to leave them out. That's why it used to be just gays and lesbians. But then it's bisexuals. Then it's transgenders. And then it's questioning. And then it's blah, blah, blah. And soon we'll have I in there for incest. We'll have another B for bestiality. We'll have a P for polygamy because the sin doesn't quit. we got to get everybody who is sinning grossly and debauched manners. we got to get them all inside this group and give them all rights so that they all feel better. And you'll have this mutual admiration society. And you know what? Hey, maybe they just go sodomy each other. Who knows what they do in those kinds of meetings. But this is what they want their kids to do. They want the kids behind their parents' backs privately to go on queer websites. In other words, they're going to use these kids as sexual guinea pigs. We're back to the same passage in Matthew, right? Better The millstone passage? The millstone passage is going to show up in each one of these ten folks. So, but I ask the question, teachers, leaders who have children captive, because you've got to go to school, right? It's a requirement, it's compulsory, and you can't afford a, 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 a school where you actually have academic freedom. You're stuck in a stupid government school in the United States. You have those who are, have a captive audience with these kids telling them to not tell their parents and go on queer websites to search out their identity. Does that remind you of something? Does that sound like what was done in the late 30s and early 40s under Hitler? Where those in charge captured the minds of the youth, but advised the youth to not tell their parents what they were doing. Sounds like it to me. Number eight, this one, get ready for Desmond, the trailblazing 11-year-old drag kid. 
You heard about this. This is last week. This is ABC's Good Morning America host introduces a confused 11-year-old boy dressed as an adult female who then suggestively pranced down a, a model runway. <sighs> ABC thinks it's really cool. Do the queers speak up about this being child abuse? No, because they're sitting there licking their chops waiting for an opportunity to just sodomize him like they sodomize other young boys. You think, oh, you've gone over the top. No, I'm not. I'm speaking from fact. 46% of, of homosexual men admit having been sodomized by other men and sexually abused when they're young. 46%. And those are only the ones who have the guts to admit it. So what's the real number? A lot more. Count, countdown. Number seven. We started with number ten. We're going backwards. Thanksgiving Macy's Day Parade tried to normalize teen lesbianism to the millions of children in its television audience with a female-female kiss introduced enthusiastically by NBC, which we know stands for nothing but crapola, by the NBC announcers and cheered by parade bystanders. Linda writes, So what God calls an abomination is applauded as two female performers portraying teens enact a scene from the Broadway play. I'll tell you, Macy's... Parade is not the Macy's Parade. It should be called the Racy's Parade. The Racy Parade. And it shouldn't be rated anything other than X because it's a sexual debauchery on parade that is leading your children astray. Forget them. Forget Macy's. Boycott that stupid store. Who cares about whether they go bankrupt? If they're, if they're actively involved in polluting the minds of children, forget them. Let them go BK. Number six. This one really, really ticks me off. More and more teenagers can no longer receive counseling to overcome homosexual feelings, even, even when it's caused by sexual abuse, which I might add is extremely common, as I just mentioned. So we have new change therapy bans enacted well, now we had them in California first, because California leads the nation in queerdom and, and debauchery and all sorts of things. But now we have them in the state of Washington, Hawaii, Delaware, Maryland, New Hampshire, and a whole bunch of cities. Now keep in mind, folks, there is nothing out there that prevents somebody from overcoming heterosexual feelings. No! The queer world has so dominated this agenda, has been so successfully with their Gestapo techniques, that it is unlawful to counsel people to overcome homosexual feelings, but it is not unlawful to encourage people to overcome heterosexual feelings, i.e. to become queer as a $3 bill. There is nowhere... Number five, so this left-wing judge in Chicago dismisses a suit against doctors who perform female genital mutilation on little girls. I'm going to quote Linda here. Female genital mutilation is the barbaric practice of cutting a little girl's genitals, usually around the age of nine or ten, common among Muslims and tribal groups in Africa, India, Indonesia, and elsewhere. Although it is illegal in many states, it's quietly done anywhere by immigrant groups in the U.S. And there are an estimated, now in the United States, 500,000 girls at risk. So they say that this is a cultural practice. What about the little girl? Is this another basic human right, Leanna Wynn? That you get to butcher your little girl? Goodness sakes. You know what? Well, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Number four, more clinics opened in child's, children's hospitals to facilitate body mutilation of confused minors. So she says here, the quackery of childhood gender transition treatment continues to course through the mainstream medicine media without any research valid to support its benefits 
with ample evidence of its harm piling up. I will tell you, this is child abuse, child neglect, child endangerment. Anybody, any parent, any parent who submits their minor children to a sex change operation needs to have the child removed from them. Removed from them immediately and placed in foster care. They no longer get that child. Ever. And they should go to prison. Number three, I got to get moving. A dramatic increase in the number of teens who claim that they are gay, lesbian, bisexual, or questioning identity. Now, do you know that one out of seven now uh, high school teen, teens question their gender identity and whether they're queer or not? Well, who taught them that? Leftist, democrats in positions of authority pushing an agenda that God calls an abomination, which we have accommodated, we have now nurtured, we have now advocated, we are now subsidizing in this country all of which further supports the reason that we will be ripped in two as a country. We are forfeiting our heritage. 15%. 15%. Do they just, what a quinky dink. It just so happens that all these kids start experimenting and questioning this when you have a bunch of evil democrats running the institutions that introduce this sordid behavior. This is why it is getting to the point where having your children in an American government school by itself is beginning to constitute child neglect, child endangerment, and child abuse. Number two, the movement called Shout Your Abortion. We already talked about this. I'm not going to give it much time here. Um, number one, the uh, she, uh, Linda calls us Satan's army coming out of the closet as witches, and now the um, what is becoming almost a fad in the United States of attempting to cast evil spells against those who are pro-life, those who are support a traditional biblical marriage against Christians, against conservatives. That's what we got the increase in. Folks, I'm not going to get to my part three. When do we disobey the civil authorities? But I'll launch with it next week because I've, I've got to add something to the last two weeks here and add it quickly. And that is, I don't want anyone, based on the last two weeks' programs, the essence about the country being ripped apart, which it will be, unless something incredibly miraculous happens. It's a certainty. I know it by the, like the back of my hand. I don't want you to be troubled. Concerned, yes. Prayerful, yes. I mean, concerned about your children, uh, grandchildren. Yes, do what you can. Prepare. Do all of these things. But I want you to understand that God still will make provision in a, what you will see as a free-falling world. It looks like we're in a free-fall. I think we are in a free-fall. But I want to bring three points out to you real quickly in the end of this program to encourage you. And I want to start with this. God's blessing stays with His people regardless of changes in government, regardless of changes in customs, and regardless of changes in laws. Now the laws are going to change. They're going to be harder for you to not compromise your faith in the future, which will lead to next week's program. And I may start with this for next week, just as a reminder. You see, in the book of Deuteronomy, it lists all the blessings of obedience. And it also lists all the blessings for disobedience. But under the lessons, the blessings for disobedience, in Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2, it says that we be overtaken by blessing. You see, what God is speaking there about a nation is also true in our own personal life. Now, will we suffer some? Yes. Will we get wrapped up in some of the consequences of our country being judged? Yes. Will we be able to enjoy the, the maybe some of the vacations we've had in the past? No. Will we be able to just go out and buy the brand new uh, SUV um, and have plenty of money? No. But, but line up the wants and the needs and, then, and, and figure out which is which. God's provision 
God's blessing will stay with His people regardless of the changes in the government, customs, and laws. It doesn't mean nothing will change. It just means it shall continue to be blessed. Number two, we do not, and this is important, we do not have to be treated well or fairly to prosper. You might want to write these down. One, God's blessing stays with His people regardless of changes in government, customs, and laws. Number two, we don't have to be treated well or fairly to prosper. Joseph, he was stuck in the well. He was stuck in prison. Unfair at every level, at any speed. Unfair circumstances. He, he never got what he deserved, but then he got mercy, and God used him, and he was ultimately treated better than anybody else and he prospered enormously. Jacob, unfair employer. You know, Laban ripped him off so many times in his wages. Ripped him off. He slipped him the wrong life. He did a bait and a switch on his wife and gave him Leah first. He suffered much, but he, he wasn't treated well. He wasn't treated fairly. But he prospered. David prospered while he was on the run from Saul. He said something very simple. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor God's children begging for bread. So we don't have to be treated well or fairly to, pro to prosper. Paul said he was, in, he was sufficient in all things. And he was delivered from all things. Number three, failure does not mean forsaken. Okay, Deuteronomy 28 lists all the curses and you think that you know if you step out of line there, uh, just once, the, uh, the wheels in your life are going to fall off. Look, we all disobey. We have all failed God. We have all uh, fallen short in many ways and maybe many times. But until we, unless we turn from Him, He's still going to honor repentance. I mean, David, horrific sins. But he was stated to be a man after God's own heart. And don't think that because you have failed, and maybe it was 10 minutes ago, maybe it was 10 days ago, 10 years ago, wherever you're, and we've got failures ahead of us. There's some sins that are going to, you know, we're going to probably commit. I don't want to say we have to, but the fact is we will, and we do. It doesn't, and, and there are consequences to those, but it doesn't mean that we have fallen so entirely out of his favor that we are going to suffer in the same manner as everybody else who actually hates God. I mean, consider for a moment, and i got to wrap this up. The Hebrews, they, they, I mean, goodness, they murmured, they complained, they whined. The Hebrews disobeyed. They just like, if, if something didn't seem to go right all the time, they were just whining. Moses got sick of them. God got sick of the Hebrews. He wanted to destroy them and start over again. Moses said, no, you do that, and then just take me out of the way here too. He says, look, I'll make a great nation of you. But notwithstanding all their whining, complaining, disobedience, and sinning in the desert over that period of time, did God abandon them? No, He still provided bread from heaven called manna. He still gave them water from a rock. He continued to be the pillar of cloud by day and the fire at night for direction to lead them. Their shoes didn't wear out. How about that? Their shoes, their sandals. Sandals didn't wear out for 40 years. And the 40 years was marked and by murmuring and disobedience. So if things go really, really bad in the United States, which in many respects, I have every expectation it will. That's why Jesus wrote about the times ahead. KKXX Paradise K280GL 
Chico. And K283AR. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. A White House meeting with congressional leaders has produced no progress towards ending the government shutdown. Nancy Pelosi says House Democrats will move forward on their own proposal to reopen government without money for a border wall. We're asking the president to open up government. We are giving him a Republican path to do that. Why would he not do it? Republican leader Kevin McCarthy. The president's been very clear that it's not not the bill he would support. And... Um, Leader McConnell had said he's not bringing anything up that's not going to become law. The president has asked congressional leaders to return to the White House on Friday for more talks after the speaker's election. Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting. President Trump is making his first extended comments about Jim Mattis' departure from the Pentagon. Mattis announced his resignation nearly two weeks ago after the president said he would pull U.S. troops out of Syria. The president sees it differently. President Obama fired him. And essentially so did I. Mattis had said he would stay on until the end of February, but the president pushed him out three days later. 